Welcome to Beyond Clean with Jim, a podcast that brings to you on your schedule in your environment, current and relative conversations on subjects that impact you, the individuals in the cleaning industry who save lives every day. Beyond Clean with Jim is streaming to you through Podbean from their studios inside Jim Supply in Central Florida. From their six locations, Jim Supply has been improving lives with clean supplies since 1930. Check out our options today for education, product, and equipment at gymsupply.net. Check out the seven pillars of the gym difference. At Jim, we are not just another vendor, we are your partner. Now let's join your host, Dave Thompson, as he talks with yet another influencer in the cleaning industry here on Beyond Clean with Jim. Good morning, everyone. This is Dave Thompson. Yes, that is true. I am your host here on this podcast this morning. It is the first Monday of the month of May. I don't know about you when you're listening to this or where you're at, but I will tell you that the first Monday of May in 2022 has come much too early for me. I am not ready to be that far along in this year, but hey, you know what? It's been good so far, and You know, as we do on this podcast, we travel all over the place. We talk with all kinds of people. And if you've been listening to me before, you know there's three words that we always follow. Healthy, positive, and proactive. Well, I'm not sure about today's guest speaker and exactly how he's going to play in on this because this is something about, you know, in looking at some of his information, it's think like a mind reader learn like a mind reader? I'm not sure about this, but you know, I I do have a question for Jonathan this morning. Can you read my mind through the airwaves? (laughs) Hello, good morning. Yeah, uh, it does present its own challenge, that is for sure. Uh, There there are some fun interactive demonstrations that we can do, but it, it does make it a lot more difficult to pull it off that's for sure. Great, because I don't think you want to read my mind on a Monday morning at 9 a.m. It's probably too full (laughs) of everything trying to figure out what the heck we're going to do for the week. Uh, So, you know, I always do something like that, Jonathan, because it's like, okay, is there somebody on the other end of the line because I can't see you? Right, right. Yep. I'm here. I'm awake. I've got my coffee. We're good. (laughs) It's a great thing that you responded because if there'd have been dead air, it's like, okay, so folks read my mind this morning. What the heck am I going to say now? Right. <laughs> well, you know, hey, this is this is uh, uh, going to be an interesting thing, uh, folks, because, you know, as you've probably found out, we talk with all kinds of people. That's why we call uh, one of our podcasts Beyond Clean because, you know, people in the cleaning industry do have lives. We do things other than clean toilets and wash windows. Um, and I think, Jonathan, that's why we like to to search out there. And what's interesting is you and I were talking before we get on the air here. Um, you know, trade shows are something that we're getting back into and stuff. So I got a feeling that you're going to enjoy getting back out there and not doing this over the airways, but looking people in the face and having fun. Right, exactly. And it it was one of those things because I'm I'm introverted by nature. Like I, mm. I can go days without seeing another human being and be perfectly fine with it. And as everything 
was shifting over to just being purely virtual, I was like, oh, I don't even need to leave the house. This is great. Mm-hmm. And then two years of that eventually go, you know, I really miss being around people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and now as things are slowly creeping back to being in person, it's, it's a weird, weird kind of nostalgia for the present that, that I'm experiencing. It, it's so bizarre of just being so happy being around other folks that are having a good time. And, and it's weird how weird that is. I was, I was at an event this weekend and just seeing people of all ages having fun, dancing to the, to the DJ. It was, it was really, really nice to be back at it. So, Jonathan, let's talk uh, here just a little bit about who you are, what you're doing, what you do, why we're talking today, so we can kind of give people an idea of what we're going to talk about for the next 45 minutes. For sure. Uh, let's see, kind of a uh, little bit of background is for about 15 years, I've made my living as a performer traveling the world, entertaining all sorts of audiences at galas and conferences and and that kind of thing. The kind of entertainment that I do is called mentalism, which is under the umbrella of magic with a specialty in mind reading demonstrations. So kind of applied psychology, fun mind tricks, that kind of thing. And I've performed in Vegas, uh, entertained the troops overseas. So basically, I checked off every box I ever had for being a a (laughs) quote-unquote successful entertainer. And since it all works on applied psychology, I was getting more interested in business and, and being more professional. And I realized that all these business gurus were talking about the psychology of sales and marketing and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know, I can, I can do this stuff better than they can. <laughs> and that's, that's when, that's when I realized that the communication skills I'm using on stage, I, I went, wait a minute. I, without even realizing it, because it's kind of like fish and water, I was using these principles in my own business to get booked as an entertainer. But if I taught people how I got my business, that that was more valuable to more people because those skills help me get booked, but then that doesn't make anybody else rich. <laughs> but if I, right. if I taught people how, how to use applied psychology to land more business and, and that kind of thing, well, that was a lot more interesting to a lot more folks, and and that kind of started my consulting side of things. Yeah, it's interesting because I've been in sales most of my life, and I, you know, like many people, I never actually went to sales training. It's just kind of what happened. But I I hear what you're saying, Jonathan. You know, I deal with people all the time, all over the country that come here to Florida for our classes, but. You know, whenever I'm done with classes and I don't have to be at the office, um, my car gets parked here at the trailer and I don't leave for days until I have to. Right, right. Like, why Why would you go somewhere? And, and it's, it's kind of weird 
it's kind of backwards, right? The, there was the study right. about kids that would draw, right? Like maybe in kindergarten, that, that kind of age. And they were into three groups. One was the control group where nothing changed. Another group would get a sticker or praise on, like random, like just random distribution before, after, whatever. Then the third group was a quid pro quo. You will get a sticker if you draw, right? <laughs> so then they would say, all right, we're going to give you a sticker if you draw now. So then the kids would draw. They get their sticker. Okay, that's great. And then they checked in, say, six months later, and the quid pro quo group wouldn't draw anymore because, well, I'm not getting a sticker, so why do it? Mm -hmm. And I realized that was kind of what happened to me with travel. It's like, if I'm not getting paid to leave my house, why would I ever leave the house? (laughs) So now I'm just professionally gregarious. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that's interesting, you know, because if you if you've been in sales like I have and like some of the people that you've now started working with, um, there is a certain part of sales that is showmanship. And that's just adding character and panache and, and life to what you're you know what you're talking about, right? But then you right. have the other side exactly. of it that you have to make sure that you hit all the professional things. It is you know, there is technical things to it. I would imagine that when you started realizing you could blend the two, um, the showmanship part of it was when you started really going, hey, I can do this better. Exactly. It's it's the, the thing. It's show business. And most performers focus on the show part and then mm-hmm. ignore the business and then wonder why they die without any money. And the business folks ignore the show part and wonder why people fall asleep in their their really exciting presentation. It's like, well, you you don't understand the show side of the experience. So helping both of those camps learn from each other, I I see myself as a, a broker of those experiences to either side. So helping the show part be more business oriented and then helping right. the business side be better communicators, better performers. And to me, an effective performer isn't somebody who is putting on a completely different character. It's more about helping the communicator stop mm-hmm. doing the distracting things and do more of the things that help connect with their audience, whether it's one other person across from you at the coffee shop or it's you in front of your team of 10 people and you're talking about this week's mission or if you are the vc uh, guy and you're pitching to a whole bunch of business owners at a conference going here's why you should take my money right it's it's all communication skills well and i interesting you would say communication because in the cleaning industry you know, the first word that everybody in our industry talks about is communication, but yet a, a large part of that communication, Jonathan, is being able, you know, as a salesperson, being able to be that conduit between the person that's using and person that's buying 
and making sure that everybody understands how this can benefit everybody or we wouldn't be trading money. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that piece of communication is one of the largest parts of motivation. One of, one of my mentors told me, he goes, listen, Jonathan, you can't motivate anybody and everybody's motivated. He was like, sit with that for a while, figure that out. <laughs> and it's basically that everybody does what they do for their own reasons already. And then your trick is to understand what their motivation is and then help them understand that whatever it is that they're doing to get out of this business, then understanding that doing a great job will help them succeed better than not doing a great job. So you can't make anybody do something. You can't instill that motivation. Your job as a manager or as a leader is to help communicate, you know, you want to go on that trip and doing a great job means that you'll get to go on that trip even sooner because you'll get promoted. You keep showing up for work on time. You'll be the first to get the gig. So yeah, that's a, a really, really big part of being successful is helping other people align their mission to your mission because your mission is big enough to have enough space for your employees to get what they want out of, out of life. So are you finding the uh, getting back into the event side of it, getting back to where everybody is, do you feel like there's going to be a different challenge ahead of you, um, that the audiences are different? Or, uh, is that... Um, are you, do you think it's going to be easier because everybody's so freaking hungry for a live, uh, a live face, a live interaction, or do you think that they're going to be more critical because they're, you know, because of all that we've went through? Yeah, that that's a really sharp question, and it's both because people really, really want to be back together, and even before the before times people were really bad audiences <laughs> because because okay, so we're, much we're now we're gonna we're now we're gonna hit the audience right in the head right exactly because because so much entertainment happens behind a screen anyway right like we we go to the movies we watch netflix we might listen to podcasts like this right and none of that is being in a theater, sitting down, knowing when to clap, when not to clap, when to participate, when to shut up. <laughs> so as a, as a performer, it's kind of, it's now part of the job is to educate your audience. Here's the good way to be an audience member. When people come up on stage, you clap for them to encourage them and to show love that they're brave enough to come up here and go through whatever special hell I've devised for them. Well, you should be at least clapping because it's not you up here. And then <laughs> treating that, that participant with a lot of love and respect to, to counteract all the damage that comedians have done to live performance 
because now everybody believes that every performer solely makes their money by making fun of the audience. So now, in addition to whatever it is that you're on stage to do, you now have to spend a portion of your time teaching your audience, here's the way to be a great audience together. And that was already difficult before everything happened. So now, when most people, the most live entertainment that they've seen might have been a Zoom show or something where they can just sit back in the comfort of their own home. Yeah, it's it's even more important for the presenter, the speaker, the entertainer to help help people learn how to reintegrate into live entertainment and live event dynamics. So yeah, people want to be together, they just don't know how to be together anymore. So going forward after that, um, what, what, what do you think it looks like then? Do you think that uh, the rest of this year is going to be that re-educating and then next year will be a, a, a lot different? I mean, I guess uh, I never really thought about that educating the audience side of it. Yeah, it, it is strange. And for me, I, I don't know. Because in business, right, we're, we're in business to make money, right? Like that's, that's how you get to do everything that you want to do. That's how I get to do everything that I want to do. And the more people you help, the, the better the world gets in large. That also means that you, you are doing that risk calculus all the time okay, what's going to be the return on investment? If I spend my energy, if I spend my time, my marketing dollars, my employees' time, if I spend my resource this way, what am I going to get back from it? And if it's different from what I know works, I'm going to be extraordinarily risk-averse. So even if something is better, it's different from what I know, and therefore I'm going to be more risk-averse to doing different, right? Because there's that, that old thing of better is always different, but, mm-hmm. but different is almost never better. Right. So a lot of business is very, very, very risk-averse. And if there's any chance that anything could possibly maybe now and perhaps in the future go wrong therefore we're going to err on the side of caution so oh so there's a you, lot you of just added, you just added so many things in there i'm like why did i even speak <laughs> oh what'd you say it cut out for me for a second i said it's kind of like you, you were you're talking maybe if possibly and everything i'm like then why am I even going to speak? Because there's a probably a good chance whatever is going to come out of my mouth is going to be wrong. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But, and then but you what get winds up happening. Stuff that's going on these days. And then you add that to it. And you're like, uh, you know, to be a speaker on stage is, is going to be a challenge. Right. It, it really is. And, and then any organization wanting to minimize its risk and exposure to risk 
means that even though people want to be back together, it's very, very difficult to get organizers who are more committed to bringing people together than for our own safety, we are going to make this event not be in person, right? So I, I think a lot of folks are ready, but the organizers are still very risk averse. So I don't think that we're going to see like a, the roaring 20s, it's coming back again. I, I think that it will still be a hybrid model, that there will still be a lot of digital first events, and then the in-person stuff will be a lot slower than a lot of us uh, public speaking folks would really, really like to see. You know, Jonathan, it's very interesting because this last month I just hosted my first virtual conference, uh, virtual live conference. We broadcast live on the air from uh, nine o'clock in the morning till seven in the evening. About every 30 minutes was another speaker. It was all done virtually. People signed up. We had people from all around the world uh, joining off and on during the whole day. At the end of the day, I got to tell you, I was completely freaking worn out navigating all of this virtual technology. And, I, and, and we've already set for next year a blended conference. And I'm exactly right where you just mentioned, because I'm the organizer. And I'm thinking, we had to do the virtual to get started. But next year, do we? Do we not? How much do we? And I'm, I, I hear you. I'm right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and anything that spans dimensions is real hard. And people have been getting together in meat space since they were people. We've pretty much figured that out, right? Like, okay, sure, there's projectors, there's now video screens, there, there are microphones and music, but also, you know, that's, that's been pretty well figured out. But now, if you're going to do an in-person, but now you've got to have the camera streaming live, well, who's going to be managing that? So now it's kind of like you are putting on two completely different events at the same time to two yes. completely different audiences. And anytime you chase two rabbits, you, you rarely catch one of them. So it's more difficult and it may or may not right. be more beneficial. We're still in the learning phase of that front. You're, you are exactly right, Jonathan. I could not have said it any better myself. Uh, and, and who said Jonathan Pritchard can't read minds over the airways? Oh, what did you say? I'm sorry. It, it cut out I, for me I, again. I, I said no, nobody, nobody said that Jonathan Pritchard couldn't read minds over the airwaves. You, I mean, you were, you, hey, that's exactly where I'm at, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It It's amazing how common that is and... And anybody that could help, you know, this is a, a huge area of opportunity for sure. Well, but as you as you mentioned, you know, this is going to be the difference uh, as we go forward. I'm going to make an assumption here, so you can uh, correct me if I might be wrong. But being a mentalist, uh, a mind reader, if 
works better when you can see and read body and facial expressions, I am believing. Right. Exactly. Because most most human communication happens in person because you've got the words that you choose and think of them as, as kind of like gemstones. It's their setting that that highlights them. So you've got tone of voice, you've got pacing, you've got body language, you have distance from me to you. Am I standing too close? Am I standing too far away? Am I too quiet? Am I too loud? So all, all of that stuff goes into the meaning of what you're trying to get across to your audience. So when you are in a situation where all of that is taken out and all you have are the words, then it's really, really difficult to connect with your audience or the participant that you're working with. So it's, it's kind of like a magician doing a magic trick over the radio, but you're hearing about it from your friend who heard it yesterday. Oh, it's wow. not going to be nearly as amazing. No, and a lot of it's going to be different than it actually was. Right, right. Because people are the absolute worst at remembering what actually happened. <laughs> so I, I have to think about this. Whenever you're talking business and sales, which is you know predominantly uh, who might be listening to our podcast today, uh, people in the cleaning industry, they're selling uh, either their services or their goods, could be either way. Do you find that the adding the levity, the fun in the mind reading, or do you, or do you try to stay in the serious side of it? Or, or, or again, is it blended? Mm-hmm. I, in, in a weird way, I tend not to bring up the mind reading stuff in the business context mainly because it is so interesting and there are so few of us in the world that it completely derails any conversation <laughs> that was going to happen. Uh... And, and if I'm only talking about myself and answering their questions, I can't ask them questions to understand how I could help them. So I, I tend not to bring it up in in a business situation where I'm I'm trying to help a client. But once I'm booked and I'm there to deliver a message or to train a team, I do mix in some of the mind reading demonstrations, but not as as its own separate kind of thing. I want my audience to think Oh, he's the founder of an international consulting company working for Fortune 500 companies. He's clearly successful. How in the world does he do what, what he does as a business owner? So I'm going to listen to what he says. And then when I start telling them what street they grew up on and what the name of their first pet was, that is so amazing that it it 
really locks in the audience, right? Mm -hmm. So then I can start talking about what it is that we just went through, and that starts digging into the science and the art of person-to-person -person communication. So then we use that experience as the, the learning opportunity to then talk about what they just went through and use that to understand the principles that they can use in their own business. You don't, you don't need to become a professional mind reader, but man, it, it sure does help if you understand what your customer is thinking so that you can answer the real questions that they're uncomfortable asking or may not believe that you would have the answer, whatever reason they would have for not asking the real concerns that would help them understand why you're the best option for them, you kind of, you've got to be good enough to help them get out of their own way. And that's a lot of what mind reading is about. So do you, do you find that once you're booked and, uh, and you get those return visits back to a, 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 a team, do you find that you can delve deeper into that mind part of it to show them some skills that would help them make that conversation more personal so that they get there? Or, or is it just something we want to separate them and just use it as an example of? Yeah, I, I like teaching people a very simple, uh, a very simple mind reading, quote unquote, trick to kind of demystify it and to make these really abstract ideas concrete so that we're not just talking principles, we're not just talking generalities. We now have a situation where you can ask real questions, get real answers, and see how these principles work in real time. So I like teaching people a simple trick and the process of getting better at that trick is the process of becoming a better communicator. Because what happens is at first, it's a puzzle. Like you, you, won't, even, you won't even fool your dog with it, right? <laughs> your, your skills just aren't there. You're thinking about what you need to do. Wait, what comes next? What was first? Oh, what do I do? And all of that keeps you from connecting with the person you're trying to connect with. So you realize you're like, wow, this communication stuff isn't easy. What do I do with my hands, right? right. <laughs> so well, then, it all plays, it all plays yeah. a part, Jonathan. It does. Yeah, exactly. So then you get better at it, and then you can do it, and it's technically done but your friends are going okay that's a neat puzzle how'd you do it what's going on and then once you've practiced it enough you it just becomes second nature and then you can focus on using that experience as the tool to connect with your friend your participant whoever it is and now it becomes this miracle that has no explanation and now they think are you going to start a cult because i would like to join it 
and that's when you know that your skills have have gotten where they need to be and you can understand oh i get what it takes to not be distracted by the process of being a good salesperson of being a good negotiator of being a good business owner i can't if i'm distracted by what i'm doing i can't connect with other people okay now i understand it well, and that connection, that communication is what makes it personable. And that's when the person that you're speaking or the group you're speaking to actually connect with you and start listening with a with an open ear. And then that, in effect, produces the results that everybody is there for. Right. That's why the motto of my company is success through connection. Right. Without connection... There, there is nothing. So you've got to connect your customer to a better solution. You've got to connect your employees to opportunities. You've got to connect your investors to a return on their money. So everybody needs to be connected to something, some value, some people. So that's why connection, those relationships are the most powerful resource of your life and of your business. I want to take a moment to thank everybody that has come on and off the live show today. We are on Podbean Live. Uh, several people have come on and off. I've watched the conversation. We thank you very much. If you want to uh, talk with Jonathan and I on the air, please type it in and uh, we'll, we might take a look at it and have you on the air with us. We've got a number of different people that sponsor us, Jim uh, Supply sponsors us they are here in central florida and we appreciate their sponsorship to let us be able to do this um you know jonathan as i, I listened to you talk this morning i'm thinking <clears throat> entertainer uh show uh you know trade show uh performer uh corporate trainer what could be on the bucket list for you to, to do business-wise now? I mean, where are you going to go from here? I, I don't know <laughs> because I'm, I'm doing everything I've ever wanted to do, which is a lot of fun. And, and yeah, it's, it's just really cool helping businesses help more people because – starting out, I wanted to be the rock star, right? Like I, I wanted to be the guy on stage that everybody claps for. And boy, that sure does feel good. And I realized that there's, there's some fun in that, but it also, there's not a lot of space for other people in that dynamic, which is why I think that business is one of the most ethical ways to help more people. Because when you start a business, you're helping yourself. You're also helping all of your employees achieve what it is that they want to be doing, right? And then through that great service that you're providing, you're helping your clients have more time, energy, or resources. So then that way, all those employees at that company are better off which makes the CEO and the company better off. And all of their families are better off because those two companies worked together. 
right? So to me, helping a business help more people is the best way for me to help the most people while I'm on planet Earth. So that's why to me, I, I'm just going to keep, I'm just going to tr- keep helping as many businesses be better at helping people as I possibly can. Well, I'm a kindred spirit to you then because, you know, after 50 years in the cleaning industry this year, uh, that's where I find myself. I, I love the fact that I can teach people worldwide through the Internet, and some people do travel here to Florida for us. Uh, you know, I love the fact that all of the time and effort and all of the stuff I've went through can now help people, uh, you know. I'm in those years and people say, when are you going to retire? You're in Florida. You're, you're, you're living in a trailer. That's the, the Florida way to, to retire. I go, I'm not ready to retire. I'm enjoying, I'm doing what I want to do. There's, I just want to keep on doing it. And I appreciate where you're at. Right, right. I'm, I know it's going to traumatize my audience, but I'm going to die in, in front of an audience. <laughs> there, there's no retirement. There's just, I'm going to, I'm going to keep on, keep it on. And, and I don't ever see myself taking a a day off to just, well, you know, I'm going to go live the good life. Like to me, the good life is helping people. Now, folks, before we get on the air here, I asked Jonathan a, a question and he was so kind to answer. I can't say that I was quite ready for the answer that he gave me because I guarantee you, I don't want to be there. But I asked Jonathan, I said, so what was the first thing that when you woke up this morning, what was that thing that consumed your mind? Jonathan, that wasn't quite the answer I thought I was going to get. <laughs> right? Me either. <laughs> Me either. But the, the thing I woke up thinking about is uh, my wife and I, recently just bought our first house so getting the house sorted we've been digging out from underneath boxes and she's a little over eight months pregnant so the baby is on the way so we've got the the ticking time bomb of this has to be done and the the very strong uh, drive to nest and make sure everything is organized uh, it's it's kind of at odds with each other so that's <laughs> that's what we're spending a, a lot of our time doing is is getting everything sorted. I mean that that is I mean you know folks you think about your challenge on the first of May, uh, top that one. Uh, but you know all of that sounds Jonathan like that is that is uh, a very personal, very forward, very positive type situation. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of questions I could ask about that, but I'll, I'll let the, the audience kind of think what they want to, maybe connect with you. Um, where are you at? Emotionally, geographically, um, I'm all over the place. <laughs> that was a good answer. That was a good answer. I was thinking Thank geographically you. because I think emotionally, I don't know that you even know where you're at. Yeah, I'm I'm beside myself everywhere I go. Now I'm I'm headquartered in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, I've I've lived all over the country. In fact, my first job outside of college was working at Universal Studios there in Orlando, and I put in nineteen thousand shows in two years. 
it was it was amazing five six shows a day six days a week for two years that adds up real quick and then yeah. i've lived in fort lauderdale and austin and chicago and recently went you know i i miss home i miss the mountains so i moved back to Asheville, which is the area where i grew up so yeah we're headquartered there but since i work a lot of trade shows for companies and and clients I spend a lot of time in Orlando, Chicago, San Diego, and Vegas, which is kind of the the four hubs for trade shows. Now, now, folks, when I actually reached out to Jonathan the first time, the phone comes up Las Vegas. And I knew I was supposed to connect with him. I just took this wild chance and I said, hello, Las Vegas. And he, he, he had an answer for me. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I'm like, okay, that would make, make sense. I'll, I'll leave you folks. You got to co- connect with Jonathan and learn about his phone and, and why it says Las Vegas, but I'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting as you talk with people, Jonathan, from all different walks of life, how much we really all still use the very same things and I think what you're talking about today is, you know, if you're in sales, you have at some point, depending on how long you've been in or not been in, you will use some of the ability to be somewhat of a mentalist in a certain way. And as you said, you just kind of get to where it's second nature and you move on and you can do both at the same time simply because it becomes a part of you. Right, right. I, I'm not a fan of the fake it till you make it approach. I'd rather do it until you are it. I agree. At first, it's going to be awkward. It's going to feel strange. But yeah, you're right. Once, once you kind of crack the code of, oh, everybody's worried about something. They, they want something. And if you can help them get that, then you're going to be their absolute favorite person and you you wouldn't even need to share a thing about yourself because you're so focused on them so you know in a way if you're introverted and you don't want to share a lot about yourself go into business man because <laughs> really nobody cares except for how much you can help them you're exactly right you know i've been very successful in sales over the years but yet my personal life is my personal life and many people don't know much about that and they don't need to because I help them and that's all they care about. Yep. It's easy. <laughs> it really is that simple. Um, you know, so I'm thinking new kid, new house, new direction for the career. Now, uh, the rest of 22 has got a lot of new for you. Oh Yeah. Oh yeah, it'll it'll be a lot of adjusting to to having a, another person at home with us. Uh, so that'll be a challenge. And I've I've got a couple trade shows on the books for uh, kind of third quarter of the year. Got some galas that I'm helping MC. So it'll it'll be weird because they're way way early on in my career the road was a great way to escape any kind of responsibility or 
uh, <laughs> any anything I was committed to back home, they'd be like, well, I'm going to go hit the road for a couple of weeks. I might be back. Right. <laughs> so it's now. right. Exactly. And it's, and it's weird wanting to be home. Right. And now it's kind of like, well, I, I gotta go get on the road. This is how I make my living. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an interesting 180 to see the road as kind of the obligation instead of the escape. But that's the wonderful thing about future. We don't know where it's going to go. We just take the road and let's make the best of it. Exactly. Every day is an adventure. Any uh, parting last words that you'd like to leave the audience with before I ask my final questions? Well, the I guess my, my one bit of wisdom I like leaving people with is if you can change your mind, you can change your life. And that is so profoundly true that it, it sounds too simple, but it, it's one of the greatest secrets of being alive. Folks, uh, let's give, uh, Jonathan, let's give them ways they can uh, get in touch with you, learn more about what you do, maybe book you for one of their events. Well, thank you. The, the easiest and best way is to just go to ICanReadMinds.com and then that will forward you to my personal portfolio site of all the things and projects I've got going on. And then you can find your way to the different businesses that, that I've helped start and run. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's some way that I could help you and I would love to find out how that, how that is. Jonathan, we know where you're at right now, but I have a question. Where were you born? I was born just outside Sacramento, California. So just a, a podunk town that was one stop sign big. And I, I was there until I was about three years old and then moved to North Carolina with my family. So yeah, that's uh, that's been quite the adventure you know i think i probably know somewhat of an answer to this la this uh, last question but it's one i ask every guest especially the first time and by the way jonathan you're always welcome to come back anytime you want to come back on our podcast just let me know i'll always make room for you but uh, i always like to ask this next question what is on your personal bucket list for this year Ooh. Not business-wise, personal. Yeah. I don't even know. I, I've, been, I've been so focused on battening down the hatches for the little one on the way that just having time to, to spend, to spend with, with that little life coming has been like, that's, that's pretty much it. It's getting to, getting to meet my kid. <laughs> you know, and and, uh, and and interestingly enough, folks, that's the question that catches most of my guests. Uh, now, some are flat-footed, and some are like, "I got it," and some can't differentiate business from personal, and and it's just real fun. <laughs> but you know, here's the reason I ask the questions, and folks, uh, you know, I like to close out every show with this the same version of this saying. You know, it doesn't matter where we start. And we don't know where our life is going to end. 
But what we would love for you to do is make sure that that journey in between those two places is healthy, positive, and proactive. Jonathan, I thank you for being on the show today. Welcome to come back anytime. Audience, love get it. hold of Jonathan Pritchard. I think he's got something that he can help you with. Beautiful. It's it's an honor to, to be invited and trusted to share my ideas. So thank you very much for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for coming on and listening to us. And we will see you live on the air next time we're here.